This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning, this is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by United legend Paul Parker to talk over a miserable week at the club. Um, no Dave this week, he's obviously he's too depressed. And, you know, Dave's usually very happy, as you know, so better to keep him away from, from him while he's so angry. Um, but he's not really, he's just got things to do. Better things to be doing on his Monday morning than talking to us. If you're watching live on YouTube, if you can subscribe, if you like, if you don't already do that, um, and if, get your questions and comments in. If you're watching the replay, um, you can comment. we do reply to the comments that we get. If you're listening back on the audio podcast, if you can subscribe on the platform you're listening on and leave a positive review as well, would really appreciate that. Uh, Paul, going to be a shorter podcast this week. Um, so let's get straight into it. Um, no point going over Galatasaray because that's another four-hour episode in itself. We'll talk about Newcastle at the, um, at the weekend. Newcastle won Manchester United nil. It feels like we've watched that game so many times in the last few years. That United's performance up at St James's Park has been always seems to be that flat. They always get defeated in the same kind of way by a Newcastle team who um, certainly had their own injury crisis, so we can't use that as a complaint. And they were just more up for it at the weekend. Uh, we'll talk about the individuals, obviously, and that's going to be something that we can't avoid. And talk about Ten Hag as well. But on the game itself, United can't have any complaints about the result, considering the way that they played. How disappointed were you to see what, what happened on Saturday? I'm no different to anyone else. The thing that gets me now is uh, so many people who support other teams or associate with other teams and everyone's got a massive opinion about Manchester United. That's the thing that gets me and everyone knows all the problems or going over what people have been saying for ages. But now they seem to want to be the, you know, I told you so scenario. That's the way it's come across in the last, you know, since, since that fixture. But Manchester United in Newcastle, since the, um, the League Cup final, and if you remember the second, the last 20 minutes of that, United were poor. They lost their way. Isaac come on, didn't he, for, um, for Newcastle, when he made a difference. But since that time of playing Newcastle, United have deteriorated every single time they've played and they, they've just gone backwards and backwards since that time. And, and on Saturday, everything fell out of bed. 
talk about individuals, well, those individuals showed their um, true colours in that game. And, and I've been saying it for weeks, months, over a year now about those individuals and what they've been doing. And, and it's all come out into one game, to be perfectly honest, and everyone now has seen it. And we can talk about the manager, and he hasn't, he's, he hasn't been good recently on maybe the way he's um he's talk about used the word tactics because everyone keeps wanting to say game management that's a new buzzword now it's just about tactics it's about decisions on substitutions decisions on playing players and where he plays players um it's just it's just at the end of it people who don't want to run which yeah. is odd it's odd i mean i've i've seen roy's clip Roy talks about when he played for Manchester United and he talks about wide players and the wide players he mentioned and I don't have to repeat them to because you know they are playing in that era but he talked about the, you know their work ethic what they were as players which he didn't really have to go into because everyone knew about that but he talked about their work ethic and even Andre who played in front of me Andre hated hated didn't want to run back towards goal but he soon realised that he had to yeah. You soon realise that he got himself, he's got his, he got his head into gear after a few weeks when he realised that no one was going to stand for it. As good as he was going that way, and it wasn't about coming back and making big sliding tackles. It was just putting people under pressure and making them think about what they're going to do with their next pass while they're under pressure. And that's all you're asking, but you're not getting that. And and and, and the way that's gone on and been allowed to continue. In the end, that gets in players' heads because what you start doing is thinking, well, how comes he's allowed to get, get away with it? He's on so much money. He's been paid that. Why isn't he doing that? And I'm doing this and I'm getting less. And that's what football's become now. I never knew what the next person was earning and we never talked about it. Newspapers and me never talked about it because in theory, they never knew. Now we've got to become a business. Everybody can find out what everyone's earning. Everyone knows somebody who can tell somebody who will then pass it on and maybe add a bit on. And that's the biggest problem now. So you're all looking at that thinking, why am I doing that for? So that's where United are at the moment. That's where Ten Hag is. How can it improve, given if he's allowed to go and get anybody in January, where I was quite looking forward to it, I'm worried that he's going to be under scrutiny again. And that person has to hit the ground running, but running quicker than any other player for Manchester United ever has. And that means becoming an incredible player, being even better than what Eric was when Eric turned up in November. He's 92. He's got to be an incredible performance, you know, Eric, you know, like Eric, but better. So the man's, un the man's under pressure, whatever yeah. he does at this moment in time. People still are talking about him getting the sack. Yeah, That's well, about it. we'll we'll get onto that in a minute um, because I, you know, I've I've had a bit of a think about. That. I'm starting to have some concerns, not about about Tenorg, but about the situation and about you know how these kind of things inevitably end. But we'll talk about the game a little bit more. Um, and yeah, I mean, Tenorg has to shoulder some of the responsibility. We can we're all getting frustrated at the players. Um, that goal, by the way, I mean. I thought, you know, Newcastle started strongly and then United had a, a little spell where they responded and Garnacho had a shot on target in the 11th minute and it turned out to be United's only effort on goal in the entire game. 
they offered nothing after the quarter hour mark. Um, they just allowed Newcastle to grow in confidence. Newcastle's game plan wasn't particularly sophisticated. By the way, if, the, if this ends up being listened to by any Newcastle fan, they fully deserve the win. Um, and if they'd had a full complement, I'm sure that they would have had a much more sophisticated way of taking us apart. They didn't need to on Saturday. What they did, and it was park football, really. They just ran around. And at some point in the first half, I imagine that it was said before the game uh, by Eddie Howe, so it feels like it's one of his game plans. Like Try and capitalise on the indiscipline of some of these players. Try and capitalise on the moment that they're not going to follow you around because you can drag players out of position. And the two culprits, the two chief culprits on Saturday were obviously Rashford and Martial. And then that the consequential impact of that is that McTominay was not doesn't have any great tactical discipline. Will follow a man, honestly. He'll try and follow a man, but then you've lost three players out <coughs> through two players not tracking, um, and they started creating chance after chance after chance through through that simple pattern. And they did it, and they created probably about half a dozen chances before they maybe even probably before half time really. Um, uh, before half time, and then you know it's on Ten Hag then because if he doesn't make the change at half time, you're asking for the same things to happen again because there's no. I mean, I, I don't know what was said at half time to to the players, obviously, but if the penny's not dropped, like you said, it, it, people in that era where you're talking about with Kanchelskis, and I, I was one of them, you would have said in the context of that team, you might have said, "Oh, Kanchelskis is looks he looks work shy." But in the context of how he plays football and the context of the, the work that he brought to the team, obviously he wasn't. And in the context of the comparison to, to a modern side, no, because he was working up and down. He was doing everything that needs to be said. I'm just saying you always judge a player by the context of their environment because that's the only environment in which you can see them. We can't, we can't put them from era to era, unfortunately, um, which is part of the fun of debating the greatest player ever and all stuff like that. But it's um, a loose debate in this term because you can still see that a player like Kanchelskis did come back and he, he did track back. And what you did see on, on Saturday was, and you've seen it too many times with Martial and seen it too much with Rashford as well, to be honest. Um, and I know that some of the, I think Keane might have already talked about it, that Carragher did, he likened Rashford to Martial, which is definitely not um, a compliment. And you, you see that happening, and it was obviously that goal was there. They were waiting to concede that goal, United, from the second that they, they came out for the second half with Rashford and Martial still on the pitch. And I do think, yeah, all right, the, the manager has to take the ultimate responsibility in that. But then I, I do think, where's the pride in the players, Paul? Because they must know. A player will know. Rashford would know. I'm on the right. Livramento is causing all sorts of damage. I'm the one supposed to be on him. This can be stopped. Not, I don't have to show quality to stop him. I just have to track him and get in front of him. Do you know what I mean? If I'm not adding anything, you know, the, the, the basic mandate of a player, and I don't know, I've never played, but I'm sure you'll tell me if I'm wrong. The basic mandate of a player is if I'm not playing well and I can feel that I'm not playing well, make it as difficult for the opponent as I can. Right? Is that not the basic philosophy? Well, have a work ethic. Yeah, and, and, and that, so that's, that's, that's exactly what it is, Wayne, to be perfectly honest. That is what it is. And that's the one thing that every supporter would expect, that they turn up to watch their team 
to work hard. That's all they want, to work hard, first and foremost. So what they've worked on is maybe the two, three hours of getting there, <clears throat> everything, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> all the getting, the getting up, the getting there, just to see their team work hard. Yeah. That's all the, you know, it's eight o'clock on a Saturday night, having to go to Newcastle. Some of those people started their day, their weekend, that time when they only get Saturday and Sundays off to turn up and watch their team play. Having to go to Newcastle for an eight o'clock kickoff is not really what they want because it ruins your whole day. Yeah. You know, it ruins it. You might as well kick the game off at 12 o'clock. People would rather get up early and still have a bit of their weekend left. So they do that and then they watch people who don't want to run around. People who really, in theory, don't have to run around because they get well paid. Is it, you turn up at work and you don't work hard, you don't get paid. It's not just people. that as well, is it, Paul? It's, it's the fact that that's one thing, but when when you, your team concedes goals as a direct result of that happening, then that you know that is a, a massive concern. And I know, yeah, all right, we we can look at the players, and we all know now. But I mean, this is the the point for Ten Hag is that. He's got to avoid that happening again. I'm just going to come to a couple of comments because, like I said, it's a shorter show today, so I'm trying to pack in as much as I can. Um, Patrick says, morning, Patrick, by the way. Morning, everyone who's watching. I, I tried to sort of like wave and say hello, but um, he says, Ragnick's recommendation was <coughs> decided by the executive team and to an extent, Ten Hog. We needed the total surgery that he suggested, but everyone got spooked and didn't have the appetite for that. Why? I don't necessarily believe that to be true, but I'll, I'll come to it because I'm, obviously more people are saying this. All of us in the comments could have stated the obvious that Ragnick said um, it isn't rocket science. Um, and Casey says, I assume he said stuff internally, the owners didn't listen, said it in public, and that was it. No, I, I think if you look at the um if you look at the squad turnover, I think he has been ruthless, but we are at a stage. Um, and I've said this more at length in the um the podcast I do with Ed, the no question about that. So if you want to listen to me ramble a bit more about this, but I've um my point on this is that over the, the period of time that Ten Hag's been in charge, he has been quite savage with and ruthless with the way that he's turned over players. But the first option that you have with moving on players is you can move on the players who other clubs want to take, and you're then left with the players who nobody wants to take for whatever reason. Either they're asking for too much money, or the club doesn't trust them, or they're too comfortable in, in the way that they are. So you've got a few players like that. And, you know, fair play to Maguire. He's played well for him, even though we're not playing well, and we've had to change this system to play deeper, to accommodate him. Um, McTominay has come in and he's played honestly and he's scored goals, but we can all still see. And, and to be fair to Ten Hag, he's not playing him in holding midfield. He knows that that can't be done. So he's playing him further up, which isn't really working, but you know, we don't have, I think Mount's not being fit and Ericsson obviously isn't, so Tomlin's in there. And then he's he's playing Martial because Hoyland's been injured and we all know that it's very, very difficult to play a, a player like that in the side. But I think Ten Hag has been ruthless, Paul, as much as he can be. The, this is the next step in that, obviously, we have been here so many times at this point you and I have been here where we've talked about this, where we've talked so much that I'm sure we've got a similar outlook on it. The manager's been dismissed at this point, um, I think three times since Sir Alex. You have to allow one manager to get over the hurdle of overseeing the transition because he started it. It has been quite brutal, but you can't have the players who were ready to move on in the summer be given another year because that will 
is exactly what's going to happen if you don't change. If you change the manager, some of these players are going to get a stay of execution. You're going to look at Martial and say, oh, maybe there's another year in him, or we can't find another per- person. Oh, Maguire's playing well recently. Now, I'm saying if you make the change now, the manager might come in and say all these kind of things. I say, oh, McTominay's scoring goals for Scotland, so there's obviously a player in there because they haven't seen it at close quarters. They haven't had the opportunity to spend 18 months with the players. They're looking at it from the press analysis who are pointing out some of the obvious stuff and they're not looking at it more deeply like we have. This is why you need the manager to stay in charge to oversee this bump. Um, Are you agreeing with what I'm saying with that, Paul? Or do you think I'm being a bit too fair on the manager? Because I know I've seen the manager. I know that he should be making changes a bit better. I know that you you bring on Amrabat and Regalon and you think, no, they're not going to change the game and that's a problem. Maybe that that will stop him making the short-term senior signings and look to a player like Menu, you know, a player who's like coming in an emergency and say, well, at least he's galvanised it because he's young and he understands what the club's about. That's a better shot in the arm than a player like Amrabat playing. Um, am I rambling on too much about that, Paul? No, no. Well, you're certainly rambling anyway. So. <laughs> but, but but you're correct, man. You are correct, and you. But you know that you know that already when you said it. I mean, I'm not for getting rid of the manager now, it doesn't make any sense at all because it's just start again. You know, it's just, it's, it's be another, might as well rewind the tape and start again and go through it again. Yeah. There'll be the high and everyone was saying, then there'll be the lows and then everyone will be talking over the same bits. It's, it's getting monotonous now and it has to stop. How much difference is it going to make when this new group take over? What's going to, what are they going to do differently? We keep reading all these little bits being dropped maybe by someone inside, someone chasing a job, trying to get work out of it. Oh, he, he wants to do this. He, you know, I read he wants to buy all um, English players. And so what, what, what's that? What's going on? No, what English players are going to buy? I mean, then virtually he's talking about trying to do a Chelsea. You think so? Well, that's, that's, not, that's not the way that Manchester United are. Chelsea have gone and done something that suits them. It doesn't suit Manchester United to go down that path. So no one knows really what's going on, but Ten Hag at this moment in time needs the opportunity to be ruthless again. He wasn't allowed to be as ruthless as he wanted to be, to be perfectly honest. It could only be that way. Everyone are still, a lot of people are still sulking about Ronaldo and I keep seeing that pop up, but that had to happen. That had yeah. to happen. It, it just wasn't, it just wasn't needed. You know, people have got to understand that people... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We've got to stop putting on him scoring goals in Saudi as if we're going to have a dig at the manager because he's over there scoring goals. We've got to stop doing that. At this moment in time, United, somehow, is it going to be a case of going back to basics and starting again? Scott McTominay is scoring a lot of goals for Scotland. The sides that 
plate that Scotland have played against me on this international football is at the level of Premier League if it's lucky. It's poor international football, seriously poor. So I don't know why why people keep going on about it. Harry Maguire, as you said it, has done well. But then when you mentioned it again, the reason why he's looking okay, United are sitting so deep. If he can't sit in the box and head, head, head the ball away with the size of his head and how big he is, then it definitely has been a bad buy for Manchester United. But you ask him to get on the ball and try and play from the back as the way everyone used to say he was a good, he can play from the back, you find that he's a liability because he steps into areas where he can't receive the ball back. Yeah. He does it regularly, gives the ball, not always the best ball, passing behind people rather than in them. And then he steps into a shadow. That's, that's what he does. And he puts people under pressure. He did it at the weekend. He did it on numerous occasions. And all of a sudden he breaks down and he wants to wave his arms around. And, and everyone sees him waving his arm. He goes, oh, look, look, Harry's playing well because he's waving his arms. He's having a go at people. No, it's self-preservation. So, as I said, maybe over a year ago, over maybe two years ago, you don't achieve anything at Manchester United with Scott McTominay and Harry Maguire in your team. He'll come in and they'll do a job in a team that's playing poorly as yeah. Manchester United are. And everyone, everyone's patting them on the back because they work, they see them as working hard. If that's the way it's got to be at Manchester United, then Manchester United have really got to change their name then and not be and take away that name because that's not them. It's yeah. not just about it's not just about working hard and being in trouble. It's about stepping forward and going achieving and looking yeah. like you're gonna go and win the ultimate. That's what it's about. Yeah, and, and you know the the players have got to come back. You've got to bring the players back who were out injured, and I do I do believe you'll see an improvement in there. But now it's that race against time, really, and it's there. We saw it under Ole. We've seen it under different managers as well. Um, that you've got the race. You know, there's momentum in football, and maybe the players will sort of sense that a change is coming, so they'll they'll probably drop down off a yard or something like that. But everyone needs to pull together in this and, and sort of move um, Ten Hag through it because United aren't going to move forward as a club. Um, you mentioned that because those two players, I mean, Maguire and McTominay, they have played well. And I would say that they've probably justified that they've got a place in the short term in, at the club in the squad, but not in the first team because United's pressing need is much greater than the ability of those two players. Um, and they, there is enough evidence. This isn't a criticism. There is evidence of four years of them not winning a league title or even looking like challenging for the league title that's there to prove it. That's not um, a criticism of them. That's the fact of the, what they've contributed in the time at United. And um, that's where United are. But I mean, just a, a very quick one before before I let you go, Paul. Um, Chelsea and, and Bournemouth are the next home games. It doesn't really matter even if United win both of those games, really, because... Or, or put on good performances and win because the big yardstick is now. I don't even think Bayern Munich really matters too much because I think most people are expecting United to be eliminated so long as they just don't get embarrassed by them. Everyone's looking over the hill to Liverpool at Anfield. And I'm just putting it out there because I'm worried. I, we've been talking about Ten Hag. Can he survive? Um, let, let's say that you know United. Let's be optimistic and say they, they win the two league games, they win Chelsea and Bournemouth, and then they draw against Bayern Munich and but are eliminated from Europe. If he goes to Liverpool and gets a defeat that's three or more goals, is it difficult 
to see a scenario where he survives to Christmas. Yeah, I think I have to be perfectly honest and say yes to that. It will be because the media will be pushing for it, totally pushing for it, asking the question, but leaving it wide open and hoping to get what they want so they can have another big story to talk about for weeks and weeks that United have sacked another manager. Then they can use the words cri- word crisis again and yeah. and then start regurgitating the previous managers and go over all that again, which is really very... I don't really want to end up having to keep talking about it because you think yourself, well, you're just going around in circles and all of a sudden you end up feeling like you're the Grim Reaper. <clears throat> it's not big, and I'm trying to be as positive as I can because I think this manager deserves the opportunity to come to the biggest club in the world and work with the best players possible that Manchester United can give him. But he hasn't been given that. He hasn't, not at all, has he been given that opportunity. I would like to see some of these players come back. <laughs> The ones, you know, and then he get back to where he was when he started to see if that can reignite everything. Would that lift other players? You know, would you know, would say the likes of Luke Shaw be happy to play next to Martinez again? Or Martinez, I haven't seen for that long, I forgot how to pronounce his name. <laughs> Martinez, I'm going to say, would he, and then would, would then would um, Martinez like then to play with? With Varane next to him, would Varane come back in and add something new? I mean, that might lift the fans as well to see that. I mean, because a lot have been asking about Varane, why isn't he playing and what's happening there? You know, it seems, you know, they keep talking about fallouts. So I think people just want to see it get back to where, to see if, <clears throat> if that adds, is the difference that the, the key players can play with the right players on the pitch. At the moment, he's gone back. I think the game of the weekends. <clears throat> Eight or nine of the players, and I was trying to work it, eight or nine of the players have played for three different managers at Manchester United. How does that work out right when you're at Manchester United? That doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Any sense at all for that to be happening. So that tells you that, that the team the team that Manchester United had out was the wrong team. Totally wrong. That went yeah. out because there was bad apples. Bad apples. There was a bad attitude out there. There was a horrible wrench out there that wasn't right from the off when what he put out. So, you know, I'm, I'm talking about three. There could be some with four managers behind them. Yeah. Trying, I don't, but it's, it's, it's wrong, Wayne. It's just wrong at this moment in time. And we, you know, we could be back here again in two weeks' time, going for it again after after those two games, after the, the, next, you know, the next three games. Yeah. We could be going through it again. And it, what it needs at the moment, it needs Manchester United <clears throat> to win against Chelsea, to win against Bournemouth. And they'll, they'll, they'll make them into must-win games, but I think must-win with a bit of performance for belief. Yeah. I think maybe the players need it now. We talk about the fans. The fans want it badly. A win, a, a win, a win is a win. Is it good enough? <clears throat> yeah. Not good enough. They need them to win with a performance. Yeah, I players desperately the... need it. Like the um, when Ollie's first game in charge against Cardiff, you know, you know, I'd kind of need that kind of rejuvenation, but they need it with the current setup, really. Um, Box says in the comments, Shaw, Rashford, Martial have played for Van Gaal, Mourinho, Solskjaer, Carrick, Ragnick, and Tenog. So, four full time managers in there. Um, and mm. Ragnick obviously was the interim, and Solskjaer, Carrick a couple of games as well. 
Um, Patrick says, Wayne, I feel as if United were being ruthless, as Ragnick suggested, they would have paid the 10 million to facilitate Maguire's transfer to West Ham in the summer. Didn't have 10 million, Patrick. You know, they were scrabbling around to find a couple of million to get Amrabat's deal done on, on the deadline day. And I, I think that was financed partly by Dean Anderson going, don't have the cash flow because of the money that they um, speculated on Casemiro and Anthony. That's, that's the harsh reality of it. You need the capital injection from... Um, from Ratcliffe, hopefully, to liberate some of that movement so they can make some of these more ruthless decisions in terms of writing players' contracts off. Because if you don't have that, United are kind of financially stuck. And the numbers are there for everyone to see. That's not a criticism. That's just a hard fact of the ability to manage squad turnover. And I'm not criticising you for saying that, Patrick. I mean, like, the, the reality of City and Chelsea being able to write players off is just something that even we can't do. We could, in our normal situation, probably be able to do that, but not with the debt that we've got and the financial situation that that we are in at the moment. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, everything that you're saying, Paul, there about Ten Hag. Uh, maybe um, if Ratcliffe does start work in the next couple of weeks, maybe he needs to be visited by Jacob Marley and the ghost of Christmas past and present and the future to sort of give him a, a very quick rundown on the things to do, the problems that we've got. Because I know someone will come in and they'll have their own ideas and they'll look at it and think a change is needed and they'll bring about change. And that's not change. Yes, okay, it's necessary. But it's not necessary in the way that most people are speculating at the moment. And I, like, I've said this before with different managers, I'm absolutely certain with this manager. Not that he's definitely the right man in charge, but he needs to be able to oversee this next transition if the club need to get in better health soon. And, um, but it's a race against time because yeah. results... I will say this as well, Wayne, as well, is that everyone's talking about here and the way he's, you know, that the team look like they're not being coached and all this all coming out now and always comes with bad, <clears throat> bad results, excuse me, <clears throat> and bad performances. But I just believe that there's just players out there who have become mercenaries in the way they are. They do what they want to do. And whatever he says, and, he, and there's only so far you can go. And when people are playing and you're, you're meant to be managing them and they're earning more money than you, and their outlook is kind of, oh, well, he'll go before we do because yeah. we're commodities because of what we're earning. Then what chance have you got being a manager anywhere? There's only one safe manager in the league, and that's Pep. Yeah. He's the only safe manager. Yeah. Because the owners, the owners are him, as he is them. And that's, he's the safest manager in the league, without a shadow of a doubt. He can do, he can be as ruthless as he wants with players, and the players got to make their minds up. Do I want to stay and win medals, or I was going to go somewhere else and do, and be, and have an easy life? So these players now are coasting. And yeah. he can't change that. So we can only get go out and get players who are hungry, who want to win things. Yeah. And to be perfectly honest, if you're going to win something, you win it as a Manchester United player, not as a Man City player. There's more. There's more. There's more kudos. There's more. My everything that goes with it as a Manchester United player rather than a Man City player. So he's struggling. You can't guarantee it. And when you talk about Marcus Rashford, a local boy who should be, everything should be blood, sweat and tears, should be an embedded in his soul. Embedded, it should be, he should be able to maybe cut his finger and everything, and the blood that comes out should just be on the floor because like, should just, it should come out and it should just 
spell Manchester United and then the, the sentence, I give everything. It doesn't happen. And that's, and that's mainly down to, to the point of is that he's been given everything and he's not given back. And now he's in that position. He, he's, he's mostly in that position now when he's waiting. He's not going away once and he's waiting for the manager to go. Yeah. And when you when they went out and they gave me a new contract, you knew exactly how I felt about that. They went off because he scored a few goals in the World Cup. Yes, he finished the season well. He scored goals. And I kept saying, and I got really called for it, he's not doing enough. He's scoring goals and he's covering over huge cracks. And this, and this will happen all the time. Until such time people click into it. And they gave me a new contract, which was absolutely ludicrous. Ludicrous, because they, they started talking about PSG wanting him. They didn't want him. But, they, but people fall into it and they go and give it to him. And that's him done. You, you, and all of a sudden, you've given all that money to a player who only wants to play or believes he can only play in one position. How does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. Virtually, I can't, he's come out and he said, I can't play centre forward or try. Try and, be a, try and play for the team, try and improve as a player. Because yeah. Messi didn't come out and say, I can't play, I can't play as a false nine. I can't play on the right. I can't play on the left. Look at yeah. all the great players, the ones who made names for himself. He, he hasn't even read that situation. He just wants to play on the left-hand side so he can step inside and shoot and score. Now, that's something that I did that. But then I was like maybe from the age of six up until I was about 14 in school. Yeah. I chose yeah. who I wanted to play. And that's how I dictated it because I wanted to play. I'm the best player. I'm going to play there. Now he's got to come into the real world of football and realise that he's not playing on his own anymore. He's playing with the team. And he's got to do it. Martial's lost schools. Lost schools. It's a waste of time. Yet they keep persevering. With Go without centre forward. Go without one. Play with ten men, but stop entertaining him by giving him games of football because you know you can't change him. I saw that incident where the manager's trying to talk to him, and I've gone over my time, but I need to get something chest. The manager's having a go at him, and he virtually just on the halfway line, and he's doing that to him. He's doing that to the manager. Now, I know that if Sir Alex had said anything to me and he's trying to have a go at me and, and he knows damn well that you can hear him and I was to do that to him, in other words, to belittle him by going, like, what are you on about? Or virtually saying, who are you? I know that the next time my arms are in that position, I'll have one of them up like that and I'll be saying goodbye to Manchester. And, yeah. and as far as I'm concerned, Martial now should not be seen in the United shirt. Yeah. You shouldn't play, shouldn't play. Get a young lad playing in, I don't know what levels they call it now. Um, when, I, when I left Manchester United, it was a B team. Um, but virtually get one of those players and play them. And you'll yeah. get a work ethic and they would want to listen to you. But don't entertain him anymore. It's, it's, point, it's a pointless exercise to have Martial come on or start a game for Manchester United. Um, not just pointless, I think it's counterproductive. I mean, it's it's harming the team. It's all right carrying a player like Vegost when they're not scoring, but when they're physically harming the team in terms of like their contributions are um, hurting us, then um, yeah, it's time to sort of 
make the move really isn't it right paul i know you've stayed longer but like a game like that you sometimes you got to get more stuff off your chest a, a few comments in here i really appreciate everyone um joining in this morning i'm sorry it's a, a quite shorter one um patrick says didn't appreciate the tenuous financial position could be alleviated if the owners um current owners aside from ratcliffe put 20 to 30 million in um yeah i mean that's really need that capital investment from ratcliffe more likely don't you um um, Casey says new players need to come in. Do you think the owners will trust Tenagui in January? Well, that's the race against time that he's got. Um, and if he's the manager, then absolutely they should. Um, Johnny um, says morning or late to this so late that we're saying goodbye now. So um, <laughs> hope you can you can rewind and watch us. Um, you can still comment. I'll, I'll reply on the comments. Um, but yeah, really appreciate Paul's time again this week. Appreciate everyone joining in with the conversation. Um, if you've listened back on the audio podcast if you can subscribe if you don't already leave a, a review if you haven't already if you're watching live on youtube or facebook if you can share if you can leave a comment if you can subscribe share on any of the socials that you're on really appreciate it um um yeah have a good week and we will be back next week hopefully with Dave in so to talk about hopefully good preparation for the games against Bayern Munich and Liverpool take care guys Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.